The people who are staunch to that life, they don't get anything dodged. Went to the robbery game very, very quickly, you know, like the violent stuff. Counterfeiting, you know, we used to do different things, you know, there'd be the drugs thing, we'd collect debts, do whatever had to be done to get the money back. It's an evil life dodge, but not all the people in it are evil. You know, I knew all the guys. Lenny was a f***ing animal. Yeah. Make no bones about yeah. that. There was only one of him, Dodge. Mm. Did you ever come across Charlie Bronson? Yeah, I know Charlie very well. Do you think he should be released now? high security prison system. Anyone they don't like, they will package you in a way that they can lose you in the system. Have you come across Pat Tate, Tony Tucker and Craig Rolfe at all? There's a lot about that case. Look, I've always played by the rules of that life and believe you me, I know a lot. But I let sleeping dogs lie, mate. It's funny, it's been going on for 30 odd years now and there's no answer. People saying they know, they don't know. Do you know? Welcome to the Eventful Lives Podcast. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sports and music festival. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. If you haven't already, do us a favour, press the follow button and check us out at Dodge Woodall on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube, where we've now had over 80 million views. Stephen Gillen shares his story, jumping deep into his life of crime. He talks about his gangster lifestyle and armed robberies that led him to a 17-year sentence in Category A prisons. We discussed his friendship with the notorious Charlie Bronson on the wings of prison and found out what he's really like, as well as the unknown knowledge of the Essex Boys murder case. This is the eventful life of Mr. Stephen Gillen. Stephen, welcome to the show, mate. It's nice to be a Dodger, it really is with you. Yeah, mate, I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, let's roll all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you become a, one of London's most feared gangsters? Well, we'll get into that, like the, like the labels, Dodge, and all this. Um, I was born here in, in England, in the UK, and then as a born baby, pretty much, six months old, I was taken over to Belfast because my family come from there, you know, my mother. But I ended up being left there until I was nine years of age. Then I come back to, to, to London after that, England, London. So, you know, I, I, uh, formative years was there. Of course, it was right in the middle of the, of the, of the war over there. <laughs> it's crazy because they call it the Troubles. Troubles to me is a fight down at the end of the road, not mm. shooting it out every night from the flats and bombs and all the rest of it. Mm. But, you know, there you go. You know, I mm. see a lot of horrendous stuff over there but of course as a kid it was normal to me mm. because that was my that was my environment mm. i didn't i didn't know anything about the world then my um surrogate mother she died of cancer when i was nine so i was the little boy with the case on the boat going to an alien place really you know and that was it wow and what was that feeling like being in ireland what we're we talking what decade are we talking here what year roughly are we talking well i was born 19 71. Yeah. So, you know, if you go from there... So late was, 70s, yeah, early 80s, early, okay. Early, early, early 70s, yeah. going oh. going up to, you know, uh, to 80. Yeah. But that was when it was really hitting it over there. It was okay. right in the middle of the of the, of the the problems over there, the war, you know. And what was it like with going to school there? Did you have an English accent? Did you go straight out of there? Did you build an Irish accent? What was the... Well, when, when you're a baby, of course, you don't mm. have an accent at the six-month-old mm. Dodge. So... 
I was really in that environment in every in every sense of the world. I tell you what, the schools over there, you'd be terrified if you didn't have your own work and you was in there on time. Yeah, because <laughs> you know there was these big. Uh, Christian Brothers, they used to call them. There was this big black flowing. You'd be terrified of them. Yeah. They used to line up the whole class. If if one person does spoke out of turn, and they'd, you know, they'd give it to you with this yeah. thing called the strap. Yeah. It was very... The strap? The strap, they used to call it. It was like this big, thick piece of, piece of um, uh, leather. Yeah. You know, and they'd get the hands, you know. and uh, But it was very much like that. Needless to say, you know, people over there have a very, very high thing of learning, yeah, right? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for you, though, I want to go back a bit further because did you have an English accent in an Irish school? How was that? No, I didn't have that, okay. you know, because I was, I was, I was taken over there six months old yeah. as a baby. So I grew up with the Irish accent, okay. but when I come to England, it was Straight the other back, way yeah. around. I had the Irish accent. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> so that was. Uh, <laughs> And then that when you come the back to England, what were your movements? What part did you move to? Well, I come back. I started off in a, in West London, which you know, which was down Cricklewood, just for a little bit because my family was there, right? And um, you know, of course, I had that accent, didn't I? Mm. Right, you know. So I was different, but you know, it was the city, and I, I um, had a few fights, as you do. I found it really, really hard to kind of settle. Because I, you know, although London was a fast place, where I'd come from, it was really different. Mm. So I started getting into trouble really, really quickly. Mm. Just where, but I was really angry, Dodge. Mm. You know, and this is where the, you know, that rage and that anger really appeared in me. You know, and it was kind of downhill from there. That was. What was it. your relationship like with your mum and dad? <sighs> To be honest, my dad, I wouldn't know him. If I pass him in the street, Dodge, this is the okay. thing. I've never met him, right? So, you know, that's that one. My mum, it was like cat and dog, right? One of the things was, unfortunately, I didn't have that bond with my mum yeah. because she wasn't there. I had the surrogate mum. She'd come back to England, you know, to make a better life for us but I had no bond with this woman so when I first come over that little bit I didn't know this person so I'd missed out that 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 and that was that was tough mm. and what were your movements then going into school sort of like your 14 15 up to 18s well I kind of I didn't settle well I was always in trouble from the off troublesome kid always kind of in trouble but I realized in many ways dodge it wasn't really about trouble it was, you know, I mean, I don't know if they call it ADHD now, whatever they call it, but my process, it's still the same today, mm. of course, but a lot different. You know, I was a kid, I couldn't sit still. So that translated, you know, with everything together into other stuff, and I was always kind of up the front or always the one where the light was kind of, you know, I had my own uh, problems anyway, settling. So that's what it was like. But very, very, very quickly, I, um, you know, I was put into a foster homes, which was care homes, some of them very, very brutal. So that that was another spiral then. I've heard all sorts of stories over the amount of people have been on who've been in care homes. What was care homes actually like in the 80s? They was brutal, you know. I mean, I went to a couple. Uh, one of them, you know, was the main one I went uh, I went into, a place in Artfordshire, you know, and it was mixed. But we were skinny kids, you know. I'm talking 13, you know, 13, 14, right, yeah. you know. You know, so... There's a couple of brutal staff in there, not like sexual stuff, but they'd beat the granny out of you. I mean, mm. they'd, you know, they'd smash my head off. 
uh, you know, the walls, concrete floor, you know, they dragged you, you know, along the floor. You know, these was mm. big men then to us. Mm. You know, it was a proper liberty. I mean, I should always try and protect, uh, you know, the kind of younger ones. There was a few of us in there who just had something in us, mm. like that spirit, so we wouldn't have it even then. But they used to lock me in this boiler room. This was a fucking white liberty, right? So it's kind of a boiler room. And a couple of times they left me in there in the night. They put me in there, locked the door dodge. Mm. You know, you'd be in there with the rats and, uh, you know, the creepy crawlies. Mm. I mean, this was the kind of thing was going on in there, you know. And how many years were you in the, the care homes for? <sighs> well, I was kind of, I was in there for years because what happened was then we would, we'd run away from there, right? So we'd do silly things, you know, because we'd have no money, right? Mm. We'd nick silly cars and do silly things, stupid nonsense. You know, we'd go back to London and then they'd nick us because we were just stupid kids. Mm. So they'd take us back mm. and that'd go round and round. So that was the start of the criminal journey, mm. really, which was nonsense, mm. right? And yeah, that was, that was the part of it. So a few years there in the middle bit, but it started to become criminal then. Mm. Because of the because of the charges, it, uh, these are the early times, yeah. the first bit, right? So, the, how did how did your criminal sort of route go then? You started nicking cars. Then, what sort of did it move on to? Well, we started. You know, I went back to East London, which is which is where I grew up in Bethnal Green, and you know, I was really I had to fend for myself as I always kind of had to done really mm. when I come over to this country, right? That's when it really started, you know. So. <laughs> The truth is, you know, when we're young, you know, we're always susceptible. We're looking to belong. We're looking for a family yeah. dodge, aren't we? Yeah. Right? You know, we, you know, we need that kind of thing. So I was susceptible to that, right? And of course, I, you know, I got into the wrong company, like gangs and stuff like that, because I was a lot like them. I'd come from broken homes, mm. right? You know, I had to fend for myself. I didn't have that, you know, emotional intelligence or instruction or clear boundaries or anything like that. So it's like birds of a feather, you flock together, as yeah. an old as an old saying. You know, it was a bit of that, but of course you had the older ones as well, mm. who was you know a lot more advanced, a lot more older, you know, and you'd be groomed, you'd be groomed on mm. the way through as is a progression of this crime going into mm. organised crime, because they use you, you know, they see you in them, or they say, oh, here's one, yeah. right? You know, he's a mad kid, because yeah. I was madder than everyone else. I'll yeah. always do more than everyone else. Yeah. I was that kind of kid. Yeah. But that was just a protection thing really now, mm. looking back. But that's that's the way I'd done it. So of course I stuck out a bit. They thought, oh yeah, he's someone who, 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 who you know, has something about him mm. so we can push him more more up the front mm. and all that, right? You so know? as a kid, you were game? Oh, very game, yeah. Kind of had to be a uh, dodge, you know, kind of had to be. And giving you some examples, as you were growing through those sort of 16, 17, 18, 19 year old, what was going, what was what was happening with you? Do you know what? I really kind of lost the plot. Where I am now in my life is a completely, you know, different place. But looking back with hindsight, I see just how damaged I was. Yeah. Right, you know, I mean, I get in silly fights. It was one I remember the first time I went away with this guy. It was over a stupid thing. It said something you know, about a Walkman or something back in them days. So we got in a fight, but I was fighting with him. You know, he was much bigger than me. Mm. And I, it was like, we're fighting, you know, like your kids, mm. you're fighting. But I couldn't seem to hurt him enough. So I stabbed him, right? I mean, there's no point in that. It's just mm. senseless, senseless violence. But I was so gone with it, that was okay mm. to me. Because I'd already been 
dehumanised, and and I was you know I was quite damaged already at that. Were point. you? Did you find that going to the care homes you were massively hurt that you didn't have your mum and your dad there? Look, looking back now, you know I'm a self development expert now. Mm. Many moons, mm. right? How you old know, are you today, Steve? Fifteen, fifty-two. Okay, right. You know, but mm. going back now. You know, with the knowledge that I have, I can see the depth of the damage that I have. Of course, it's always in the past, and it dodge. Mm. So I was really set up for this stuff. It's not an excuse. I'm not the excuses guy, mm. but there are elements where I was positioned for a lot of stuff that was, you know, out of my control. Mm. So I had to deal with it. So I was forged for a lot of bad stuff mm. really, really early on, and just had to get on with it. I had to navigate it. So bad choices go into more bad choices, go into more bad choices, and you're conditioned you know, uh, quickly with this kind of stuff. So that first fight there, did you get banged up for that? I I did for that one, um, but I got banged up before that for another kind of a fight, right? You know, a gang fight. And I went I went to DC when I was uh, 14. You know, and I remember... The only thing, the DC? Only thing, uh, detention centre, it okay. was called then. So this was a short, sharp shock. It was like an army camp. You go in there... Everything was on the double. It was marching, you know, all of this game, right? Yeah. So, you know, they're trying to really sort you out, right? Get you into discipline shape. into it, basically. This yeah. was the thing about it, right? Yeah. But, you know, that was the University of Crime, the first one. The only thing I remember about it was I was so bad even then with the court. So they postponed the court date till 10 days after my 40th birthday so they'd get me in there mm. so they could, you know, put me away. That was the start of the prison mm. thing, you know? And what did you go in there for? It was GBH, but it weren't like a serious one. This is my first thing. Yeah. It was ABH, but they didn't make it GBH, and it was a fight, right? Yeah. But okay. And then how did that progress then? You went on to your next fight, having to tear up over a Walkman, stabbing someone. What did you get for that? What did I, I got, uh, 12 months, if I recall, for that. Okay. Yeah, 12 months. Which was nothing, mm. really. I mean, look, you know, I remember. How this. old were you when you got the twelve months? I was. I must have been. Kind of been more than sixteen. Okay. Something like that, yeah. Dodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember because I stabbed him twice, mm. right? You know, I was having a fight with him, and I remember, you know, it wasn't us getting beat. It's I couldn't hurt him enough. It's yeah. just like crazy, so I escalated it. You know, I stabbed him, you know, a couple mm -hmm. of times here. I think, you know, it was a bad thing, you know. But, you know, he wasn't on death's door. Yeah. It wasn't no big, long knife. Yeah. But it's a very, very serious thing, right? Mm. So, you know, I suppose even even at that age, 12 months was quite, uh, you know, the sentence that they give me, right? You know? And did you see that, like, as a bit of a badge of honour getting banged up around all your peers around you at that age? <sighs> Do you know, it's so sad to say mm. it, but absolutely I did yeah. at that time. Mm. It was like, you know, I'm up and coming. I'm going to be more than everyone else. You know, you don't fuck around with me. Yeah. But, you know, apart from all of that nonsense, you know, the translation of it was it was actually nothing to me at that time yeah. to do that, mm. right? Do you know what I'm saying? And that, that was the thing about it. And what was back. it like being that sort of age going, right, I'm, I'm now got 12 months, I'm going to be in prison for this amount of time or I'm going to do six months or whatever? <sighs> Prison is never an easy time, yeah, Dodge. Yeah. You know, and as much as you think you're doing this stuff on the street or whatever you're involved in, going to prison is never a nice experience, right? You're losing everything. But when you hit prison, especially as a as a youngster, it's coming back, I remember now, I went to um oh God, what's it called? 
Feltram. Yeah. Feltram uh, for that. So that was the first taste of youth custody, as they used yeah. to call it. I fought my way all the way through that. Yeah. Literally, all the way. I mean, it was stupid stuff. Like, I can remember, because there's all gangs in there, yeah. and it's eat or be eaten, right? Yeah. But, you know, I'd go into the, op you know, I was the kind of guy, I'd go into the op plate, you know, and I had loads of black friends. You know, I still do. I grew up with them. Yeah. But there'd be gangs of them in there. And if you was kind of like, you know, they'd take people's canteen and all this kind of yeah. nonsense, you know, I wasn't going to have that, was I? Yeah. But I'd go in. So you make a stand and you like the thing, right? You know, so I'd go through, you know, I can remember in there an instance I went through, I went through the op plate where you get your dinner and the guy behind the op plate, he'd been, you know, giving me a bit, you know, kind of testing me to see if it was... You know, and I remember I said something, what are you like? You know, so I just jumped over the op plate, started doing him there and then, right in front of the screws. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, yeah. seriously, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's madness. Mm. But that kind of, do you know what I mean? That kind of weighed in in them days. What do you think made you so angry? <sighs> do you know, the anger and, and the fearlessness thing, you know, I've done a lot of work in this, obviously, but I think... You know, looking back now, because the anger was to really drive a really burning trail for all the really serious stuff was to mm -hmm. come later. Mm -hmm. But I think what it was, was everything that I valued or anything that I loved or had in my life, it was always taken away from me mm -hmm. and destroyed. You know, and I had that from an early life, you know, from day dot. Mm -hmm. And what I see, I realised that life was cheap. So I was really programmed with that suspicion, with all of that, you know, you know, you have to be careful what you do, where you mm. go, what you think, you know, all of this, you know, and anything can happen at any time. So it's about survival. Mm. So it's these intrinsic, really basic human, human kind of things that I was always working on. So then what, when you got out there, what was your movements? How were you earning money? What were you doing for a pound note? What was, what, where were you living when you come out of Felton? Yeah, I kind of, was kind of on the streets in a way, but I weren't because I'd be staying. You know, I was out. I was feral. I was with the guys. I'd be staying feral. here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. You know, it yeah, pretty yeah. much is, isn't it? Mm. You know, uh, there's a great old saying: uh, "Strange faces, suitcases, and no digs." <laughs> Seriously, yeah. it's like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd stay. You know, I'd stay there. You'd have a. You know, you'd be with a bird here. You'd think you, you know, only a kid still, yeah. but you'd be with the guys, you know, and you'd basically be out turning your hand to anything where there was a few quid, you know, around that time, even at 15, 16, you know, there'd be guns around us then. That was mm. the first bit. There'd be guns around us, people with guns around us. So it was the serious stuff, mm. you know, and it went to the went to the robbery game very, very quickly, you know, like the violent stuff, because mm. that was a quick hit where the money was. But anyway, where there was money, where you'd move stuff or take that there or go and do that, you know, or go and uh, weigh him in and, yeah. you know, go and get that money from him or yeah. or do this or do that. You know, all this kind of mm. stuff. This was the early stuff, right? Well, that early stuff growing up through that. So we're talking like mid-80s, late-80s now. When were you starting getting into the proper robberies? Look, it kind of... There was a little gang of us, a little group of us who was just kind of together, right, you know, and a couple of them I'd met when I'd been away, funny enough, and we'd kind of re-got re together when we come out, our paths had crossed. So again, we were birds of a feather, but we was all kind of at the same game, really, right, you know, with the same, you know, the same kind of background. So it was, look, you know, it started off, you know, banks, yeah. wages snatches, 
you know, stuff like that. You know, anywhere where there was a few quid, right? You know, crazy stuff. Um, you know, and we'd, you know, I mean, it would go on to all kinds of stuff. That was the start of it. But then, you know, you migrate in the robbery game because then you're looking, you know, you get wiser and you get, you get, you get better at it, right? You know, you were the older ones. Don't get as well. I had a lot of the older ones around me really, really early, mm. right? You know, so I had a real expeditious journey in this life, you know, because I had some of the family that was around me. They was like really active, serious target mm. criminals, mm. you know, vans, post office vans all of that stuff, there's like 40, 50, all that. They were already, mm. you know, and all the people they used to associate. So this was this was the upbringing and the programming. And you, it's, you know, this is what we do. This, this is how life is. This is how you conduct yourself. This is how you hold yourself. Mm. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. So it's like, it's something to uh, aspire to mm. in a, in a, in a, in a crazy way. But that was, that was there from, from from early on. Did you have any mentors there? You're saying you had people older than you. Was there a couple you're looking up to going, I want to be like him one day? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and they was very, very close. You know, I wouldn't mention names, right? But they was very, very close, right? You know, and they was, they was, you know, they was family, right? Mm. You know, they was family. So they, you're a lot more susceptible to when you've got your close people, family like that, and you're seeing that lifestyle, you're you you you're seeing how you need to conduct yourself, and this is how we how we do things. Mm. What sort of rules were laid on the laid on the plate for you? Well, you know the obvious ones: you don't you don't grasp, no you don't lolly on you, yeah. you know, on your own. You know, you don't kind of go outside the circle. You don't speak no one's business. You don't talk out a turn, yeah. right? You know, you hold yourself right. You know, you don't let anyone take a take a liberty with you or whatever. Because if you have a bad turnout, it goes bad on you. It reflects on everyone mm. else. So, you know, you've got to be aware of the family and, mm. you know, all of that stuff, flying mm. the flag, right? You know, these are the these are the main things. And like, obviously, like, we don't have it with, with no one who's not, you know, be careful who you have it with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, do you know what I'm saying? And you're talking about the family. What family are you talking about? Well, you know, I you know, I don't want to go into it too much, but I'm talking about my family that I had, you know, at that time and um you know, I was to marry into as well, right? You know, that was part of it, right? So but there was you know, I mean even my brother, even my brothers, right, later on at that stage, right? You know, I've got brothers as well. You know, my uh mother, you know, there was a stepfather, you know, they had brothers mm -hmm. you know, I had brothers, right, and a sister. You know they've all been to prison, mm. right? You know, you know, I was arrested with my brother with a gun and like and stuff like that. So you know, that gives you just a, just mm. just another little picture mm. about the dynamics of of kind of the close but the outer the outer family. Mm. And it must have been a lot harder back in the day to get older guns than it is today. Um, late eighties, we still talking here? Early nineties? Yeah, I mean, to us it weren't really dodged, yeah. to be honest. I mean, I know what you're saying. And it was kind of hard because people they used to come to us mm. like to get guns and say like Steve, look, you know, I've got such and such like money. I'm yep. looking for a, you know, and it was a lot of the drugs guys and the younger ones, you know, because they was coming up, you know, and these was quite big in their own. These was to become very big, but even they couldn't get them. But for us, you know, there was a few people. We had a few people, mm. you know, and it wasn't it wasn't that hard to get them. Anyone anyone who's well connected can get hold of anything these days. 
And yeah. it's the same back then in early 90s and whatever, yeah. I think it's always like this. It's, it's who yeah, you know necessarily. You need to know enough anyway, yeah. but then it's definitely not who you know, yeah. kind of what you know, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And what was your movie? You mentioned drugs there. Did you ever get involved in the drugs game? Look, you know, I mean, I did. This is the thing here with this. You know, there's no old barred, mm. right? You know, and I don't do the... I cut the fluff, mm. right? You know, and I'll go straight to it. Drugs was around then. We was kind of really big at that time. It was the ecstasy scene. Mm. Oh, late I 80s. love you. The rave scene, late yeah, 80s. Yeah, kind of yeah, the yeah. rave scene yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, cocaine was about then, Charlie, but it was just kind of a little bit of like powder. And it was more seen for the celebrities or people That's who right. had a right few quid. Rock stars or the football. Yeah. Well, this yeah. was the thing. I mean, we <laughs> yeah, used to yeah. get it because we was right in yeah. the middle of it, right? Yeah. But that was, the, that was the thing, right? You know, so it was a lot to do with that, you know. Mm. And we was evolved... Uh, you know, at that time heavily and other stuff because, mm. you know, they used to call me king of the clubs at mm. that time, Dodge. Seriously. Yeah, mate. You know, uh, seven days a week I was out. I mm. was one of these kind of guys. Mm. I was young, you know, you're having mm. a good time. But, yeah, we was, you know, we was really out involved in all that and all that kind of scene. So, yeah. And back in the day, were you carrying... Were you carrying anything? Did you ever? Were you when you were going around? Were people after you for anything? Or were you protected or looking over looking over your shoulder? Were you ever carrying anything with you? Truth is, pretty much all the time, mate. To yeah. be honest, I mean, look, you know, I had a real thing. It's in my book, the Monkey Puzzle Tree, Camden Palais, yeah. where there was a little, you know, a little firm there. It was a drugs thing. We'd fell out with them, so like, you know, we had to liven them up. We took we. Took them down somewhere in West London. We took all their stuff off them with guns, gave them a few slaps down there and left them, mm. right? So, you know, it was all that kind of stuff. Shouldn't have done that. But, you know, it was who catches who first. And it was madness, right? You know, it was just the times. But, you know, about two months after that, we used to always say, because we was doing all that stuff, you know, if you rave, you go out with a firm. Mm. But, of course, I'll be out all the time. I'll... Like, you know what I mean? I really didn't have any fear. You know, really, in them days, I didn't dodge. You know, so I went out, Camden Palais, I was in there, walked into walked into the Champagne Lounge. They were all there, the whole, you know, the whole firm of them. I've got a bird with me. <laughs> you know, and they're like nine-handed, all yeah. the top boys. You know, but I fronted it because, they kept, you know, they see me straight away. They come up, one of them, and he's thinking, he whispered in my ear, he said, oh. he said, you ain't going to leave here uh, without a sky down in your boat. I went, fuck, I went, yeah. you fucking mug. I went, yeah. You know, I right fronted it, yeah. but I had a, I had a, luckily, and it saved my life this night. I have mm. to say, I had a, you know, a knife down my sock, mm. which I put down my front mm. first, you know, to get through. Because I remember I got through because Lenny McLean was on the door. Mm. Right? That's right. I, I knew was Lenny. About to say Lenny was on. Yeah, Lenny yeah, was yeah, on yeah. the door, right? Yeah. So this was the thing, but it was a funny one. This right, Dodge, because I got in right, Lenny and all that knew us. So, so I went to the toilet, but I took the knife out of my thing, I put it down my shop. Mm. And lucky I did, right? Because I thought to myself, all right, you know, you've got the champagne bar, which is all lit up. Mm. But outside it's all the dark and the music mm. and the, right, you know, and all that. And I was I was a little bit out of my nut, to be honest. Mm. All the music and all that, yeah. right? But I, you know, I kind of knew, right, if I make a move now to come out of here, they're going to make a move, right? You know, and they did, right? So as I... As I went to go out, you know, it's an open plan yeah, door. Yeah. There's no doors. Mm. You know, I went to come out. One of them's come over the back with a bottle, mm. smashed it clean in my head, right? Now, you know when you when you see, actually see colours, mm. like red and blue, like yep. you've taken. So I went down with it, all that colours thing, right, proper whack. Mm. 
But I just kind of knew Dodge. I knew if I go down here, they're going to cut me to ribbons, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's something that I took the force of it. But when I went down, I went straight to me, straight to me, shocked. So when I come back up, I had the knife mm. there like that. So they're all around me, and they mm. four of them come on in the same museum, right? So we're having it, and it's crazy because this blood dripping down me thing, mm. and now there's all these birds eat up saying, ah. Oh, you know, leave him, leave him. So I'm going, fucking get away from me. Because every time they try and come around me, you, you know, these people are trying to come in, they're going to finish the it. Yeah. So, I, you know, this is what happened, right? So look, you know, I had to, I had to get away from there. Mm. You know, I had to, you know, I was never going to win that one. I fronted it with them. I didn't think they had to think to take the liberty, but, you know, this is no we're going to come back, mm. right? But they did. You know, it is what it is. It's that life. So I got off, right, mm. you know, but I went downstairs and I remember I had to go through all the people down there dancing and all that. <laughs> people are looking at me, Dodge, and yeah. thinking, what's happened to this guy? Yeah. They're like, you know, they're like that. So I got down there, you've got the doors there, which are, you know, the doors which you mm. go out, right? Mm. So I kicked the door and I got out and there's a little alleyway down there, down the side, it took me out, you know, and I ran down there. So, of course, the alarms have gone off. Someone's at the doors, right? So the bands come running down there, right? As soon as they've seen me, they said, what's happened to you, mate? What, you think we take you back in there? I said, no, no, mate. I said, I'm all right, mate. I said, I just need to get home. Because yeah. I thought, I don't want to go around and take me around to Lenny now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, it's going to be mayhem yeah. in there. I said, no, mate. I said, I'm all right, mate. I just need to get home. So, you know, I'm going down the road now. I'm thinking, Phew. I don't want to be nicked. I can't be seen on the street now, old Bill. They're going to come straight on me and say, what's the thing with you, mate, right? Because blood was mm. streaming out because it's like a little cut here, yeah. right? So anyway, I, you know, I got through there, but I uh, phoned up a friend of mine, you know, my lot, and I said, look, come down here. I said, they've done me, right? So, you know, this is just a typical, typical, you know, example of them days. But, you know, they come down, then they were standing there, right, my friends, right? You know, and they brought a lot of tools down mm. there. There was flare guns down there. There was guns. There was swords. There was a whole lot. Mm. You know, and we was plotted up over the over the back over there, waiting for them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I, my nut was gone, right? You know, I was so 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 crazy. We weren't, you know, going to say what yeah. I was going to do, mm. but it wasn't going to be good, mm. right? You know, and in the end, my pal said to me, Steve, you're not right, mate. You know, we're going to we're going to take you to the hospital. Because you're going to get us all nicked. Mm. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? Mm. It's just a little example. Mm. So, that, you know, but it was that kind of a thing. There was too much of that dodge, really. It went on everywhere. Huh? It went on everywhere, didn't it? Camden Palais, <sighs> Amherst Palais, whatever clubs it was, it, that was the times. What was your relationship? I never met Lenny. What was your relationship with Lenny like? Lenny, Lenny liked me, I think, because, you know, I weren't no threat to him. Mm. Lenny was a fucking animal. Yeah. Make no bones about yeah. that, right? You know, he broke my pal's jaw and, you know, in three places, mm. you know. He snapped up a few people around me that was really close friends of mine. That was Lenny, right? You know? But I always got on with Lenny, right? You know, and I was like that with the older faces and the older ones with me because I've been brought up like that, mm. you know, and I had a way about me to, you know, get on with people mm. rather than rather than, you know, be falling out with people. I didn't mind other yeah. enemies or competitors yeah. or how that was going. Yeah. That was fair game. But I was kind of brought up with them values. So, mm. you know, I weren't no threat like Chalene, mm. right, you know, and I got on well with him. Mm. Of course he's got his uh 
You know, you had Jamie, right? You know, his boy and all mm. that and different stuff. You know, and I was at the East End as well. So, you know, this always goes mm. well. He was a tough man, wasn't he? He was... Uh, I've had a lot, yeah, a lot of my was, pals uh, who knew him well were like, mate, Dodge, he was another level. He was another level. Yeah. I don't... You know, he was he was a maverick, Lenny. There's no, yeah. You know, there's no uh, question about it. I don't, I don't. You know, there was only one of him, Dodge. Mm. How he was then, mm. but I was to see him all the way through as well. Yeah. Even after when he when he got arrested for that murder, and yeah. I was with him. I had a little stint with him in Brixton, right? You know, and he wasn't too well then at that mm. point. He's trying to keep it from everyone. So I, you know, I got to know Lenny. You know, even more then. Mm. You know. Where did you go? What was your movements there? You said we're on a roll back, but you said you got caught with a mate with a gun. Do you remember the first time you did your first bank robbery? <sighs> yeah, there was... Kind of, because there was a few, right? You know, and by bank robbery, it's a funny kind of... Because we started doing the banks and the wages snatches and all that stuff really early on yeah. in the day. It was a bit... We used to wait for them to come out and do them, which is a bit different than going in there, yeah. but it's still bank robbery, yeah. right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Depends how you want to skin yeah. a cat. Yeah. So... So just for, yeah. the list, just for listener out there, because there might be younger listeners, back in the day, everything was cash. Yeah. You knew everything was cash. You knew all the wage slips are going to be in there. What was your mind thought process when you're going, right, I know the timings, I know who's on the door there, I know who's going to be dropping the money off. What was What was the plan? Well, you know, the things you would look at, look, uh, when it was to pavement, uh, you know, across the pavement, you'd know they'd do dummy runs. So, you know, you'd never take the first couple anyway. It was pretty much 25 grand, mm. you know, they wasn't sure to take across the pavement. You know, so you knew that, right? You know, and we knew anyway, by the time we get them, you know, once, once you open them boxes, you've got a little, it's like a little plastic thing in there with a zip. You don't need to count it because it's got everything it's got with the money, how much it's got in there. It's 17 grand and yeah. checks, whatever, yeah. right? But um, oh, there was crazy stories. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. I was in a car with a guy, right, you know, and we took a box, right? And this guy, in a funny way, I kid you not, he had one eye. He was a one-eye getaway driver, this guy, right? But he was one of us, right? So he was, he was, to, he just happened to be here. Come on, yeah, you know, you're gonna do, yeah, right? Your turn, you know, because he could be trusted in that yeah. way, right? Anyway, so, but um, when I jumped in, the, I took the box. When I jumped in the car, right, you know, and this is a really, really built-up area. I won't say where it was, somewhere, somewhere in East London, mm. right? When we got in there with the with the box, you know, all of a sudden, uh, the die come out in the car, the whole red die, the whole car. So he's crashed into the into the railings. I said, "Where the fucking doing?" <laughs> anyway, he'd already crashed into the railings. So I'm like, "Disembark, right? Yeah. Disembark out." You know, now this was madness because you know I'm you know I'm uh, close to prayers because I can hear that I can hear the sirens yeah. everywhere. You know, and I know what they're like when they mm. come. They come. You know, they're going to close down that vicinity quick. You have got a big chance you're going to be nicked down, mm. right? So it's quite a thing, right? You know what I mean? You're racing with that. You think in prison, going to be nicked. It's very serious, right? You know, you're going to get 10 years for that, right? Mm. Straight away. So we kind of split up. I had the box, right? 
But, you know, I've gone around the back of the flats and all the rest of it. You know, I've opened up the thing and all that. I've got rid of the box. I had to. I couldn't be running with a box. Yeah. I, had to, I had to bust that box quickly, mm. right? Took the, took the money out of it, which is in the, in the little plastic thing. Never forget it. It was, it was, a, it was a boiling day, right? You know, like I hear, I hear the police coming, Dodge, right? And I know that I can't stay on the roads. So I'm going to be nicked. This is happening really, really mm. fast, by the way, mm. right? They're closing in. So there was this bit of grass kind of thing. You know, when I see a couple of people sunbathing there, you know, I had to make a decision. So what I'd done after, you know, I took off my top, blatantly there, right? Because I couldn't have, yeah. like, moved or, like, ran. I'd been nicked. Simple as that, right? You know, they was on it. So, you know, I put the money on the thing, the gun and all that, put me top over it, and I was there like that. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you. No, no, I'm telling yeah. you, right? But, you know, of course, I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to be nicked mm. here. Right? I've got all them feelings going through me. Do you know what I mean? What's going to happen here with this, right? But I have to look like a sunbather. I have mm. to hold it together there. Like, I'm chilled. Mm. I'm not chilled, mate. You know, anyway, the old bill coming. But they do that thing. I don't know, you know, they do that thing in London is they'll pull right up and they'll just kind of stop, right? You know, have a look at you. Yeah. You know, like... The, the see if you react or not. See if you yeah. react, you're going to spook, you're going to run, yeah. like, you know what you... So they've done that to me a couple of times, honest to God. <laughs> just come up like that and they was... But then they went off again. I yeah. thought, it's just like fucking torture. Mm. But anyway, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of got out of that and... Um, you know, about 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, I thought, right, I've got to get away from here. You know, I was, you know, I was kind of close in a place where I knew some people, right, in the flats and all that. So, you know, I made the bolt for it, right, you know. And I can remember it It was still kind of early morning time, right, you know, because I went around my pal's uh, flat, you know, in the second floor. You know, so I go up there, I knock on the door. He comes out in his dressing ground. All right, he says. I says, all right. You know, I says, do you know where I've been? Right, you know, it's just woke up. It just goes to show the stark realities of of life, Dodge, doesn't mm. it? You know, but I'd put the other bits in that in a little bag, right? This little bag that I'd picked up, this little brand kind of bag, you know. So I come in anyway, and I'm watching him, you know. So I put the bag on the on on the little kitchen bit that he had. You know, it's only a little flat, mm. and he's dead. So he's making a cup of cup of coffee. He used to serve up a bit of gear, yeah. right? You know, cocaine is mm. doing all. <laughs> What he's doing, <laughs> the, you know, this guy, this is his life, right? So anyway, he sees the bag. He's like, oh, what's that in there? Of course, he has to have a look, doesn't he? And when he looks, he says, ah, oh, uh, come round here, bring that round here. I said, listen, uh, do you know where I've been? You know, I said, you're lucky I'm here. <laughs> so, of course, that was, a, you know, another story. Mm. And what was your, what was, when was the time when you got banged up and got 17 years? What was that for? Well, it's for armed robbery. You know, we'd been... What happened, Dodge, was I'd had three trials at the Old Bailey. So the first one, I beat it. The second one, you know, we was nicked in the city, Liverpool Street, ran there, right? But I was nicked for a gun because the car drove away, which was stopped by the old building, and they found, you know, there was a gun underneath that. They said, oh, done a move, you know, I put it out of... Slung it under the car, right? So we went to went to the Bailey the second time and um, was found not guilty conspiracy to rob, guilty of the firearm, two and a half years. So done a year for that, and then they give me home leave, right? 
because my son was born then, uh, Sid. All right. Mm. Now, so I come out, Dodge, and that side's crazy. Mm. Right. You know, I mean, there's about, you know, in the East End at that time, I remember always there may have been about 30, maybe 25 armed robbers, really, really active, really hardcore, like active. Mm. We all knew each other. Well, the ones we did, we knew a lot who they was. Mm. We'd all worked together at one point or whatever, or, you know, was going to work together or whatever. Mm. But there was a, an old building there, it was called Albert Albert Patrick, which is really crazy, because I've met this guy many, many years later. He was a commander of the flying squad, but they was just, you know, they was very, very crooked, you know, and I know that, because after I got my 17, they went in there, the ghost squad, they see fit up kits, they were shooting people, they was planting guns on people. So they took apart rig approach, rig approach flying squad. These were the times, right? That's why I say that. So he was clearing up, you know, you know, a lot of people, people in my family, people close to me, you know, they all they all went fourteens, tens, twelves, you know, a lot of big cases, all different kinds mm. of cases, right? You know, without going into it. So this was the this was the environment I come into, right? Straight into it again. Now, I wanted to go back. I really did. I really aimed to go back. But on that last day, I missed it. It just didn't happen. You wanted to go back where? To prison. Right, right. okay. You know, they give me they give me a home leave, right? Yeah. So I'll get the home leave, but I have to go back. Yeah. And I really wanted to go back. I did, right? Oh, you know, I didn't manage to do it. I didn't go back. That's the end of it. I didn't go back. So now I'm on the run now, you know, unlawfully at large. The whole, the whole thing's changed, right? So, you know, it was back to the same thing of like, you know, you know, robbing all this kind of stuff and dumb. You know, it was the same thing. We was we was just living living at that and, you know, a lot of the other organised crime stuff. I mean, there'd be, you know, all kinds of stuff, Dodge, you know, the counterfeiting, you know, we used to mm. know all the guys then who had all the you know, they was printing money like it was out of water. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. you know, all that game, yeah. you know, a lot of different things, you know, there'd be the drugs thing, you know, there's even, you know, we'd collect debts, like we'd go around there with certain people, like, you know, we was up for that, we'd go and do whatever had to be done to get the money back, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff, mm. you know, and it, you know, a lot of brutish stuff as well, we'd even take money off other people and all that stuff, it was, it was just... You take liberties... Look, were you taking liberties? Look, you look back now as a fifty-two-year-old. Mm. You're looking back now. Well, roughly, how old would you have been then? Mid twenties, yeah, early twenties, early twenties, early twenties. When you look back, did you look back? You actually properly took liberties. Yeah, I mean, you do. Yeah, Dodge. There's no other to. Yeah. you know, there's no other way to say you know to dress it up. That's the place that we was in, right? You know, and you know, there's a lot of stuff you know which wasn't pretty, which wasn't nice, and I certainly wish I had a. You know, conducted myself in a in a you know in another way, right? Mm. You see, one of the things that I've learned as well about a lot of the people, a lot of these organised crime people, whatever you know, I've been around, is it's an evil life, Dodge. But not all the people in it are evil. Yeah. Some of them are really, yeah. really talented. But you know, we kind of for some reason because of what's gone on, usually behind us or mm. what we think is around us, we have to go down to the gutter to get yeah. our to get our self respect. Yeah. Uh, and our honour, what we perceive mm. to be to be our honour, right? Which of course is wrong. We know that now. Now, now we're forward. You know, we own businesses. I've, yeah. Look, you know, in 20, 2019, I was nominated for international peace prize for for conflict resolution. Yeah. 
I've really gone, yeah. the, you know, the full circle of this yeah. to say that. So I have, a, I have, a, you know, I have a real, real um, understanding of mm. the journey, right? But yeah, looking back, yeah, that's how it was. So what was it? So when was it then? You actually got banged up for seventeen years, right? Right. So what happens is, like, you know, we're out there, we're doing all this stuff. I'm unlawfully at large. So it's a different kind of game, you know. But, you know, there's nothing stable about it, and you need money, mm. right? You know, you need money when you when you when you're on the run, uh, dodge, right? So you know, we was we was looking at a lot of things, and on that day, you know, the old bill used to come on us and off us right, all the time. Now, because it, it can't be on you all the time because of the money, mm. they need to fund it. They need to say why they're going to put a full team on you, yeah. or why they're going to do this, or how long it's going to be. So. You know, I was really anti anti surveillance uh, conscious, yep. and you'd come out your ass, you'd feel it. You know, cause strange stuff would be happening around you, and you'd think, you know, that's not right. Mm. You know, it's just strange stuff. You know, it used to even be at points I'd say to people, they're out there, they're watching us. It's gonna something, something's gonna go down with these people. Yep. I'm telling you, you know. So you know, they might say, "Oh, you're paranoid." I say, you know, I'd say, "All right, then, come out with me." from morning mm. and see what happens. Yeah. I remember saying that to a lot of people. And I'm telling you, after we'd go out, you know, for an hour, mm. people would be saying, yes, Steve, yeah. you know what? So you were clocking right, it straight people. away, undercover old Bill, people all keeping the time. an eye on you. Okay. Look, we used, to have the, we used to have the Tandy's radios and all that as yeah. well. So we was into the police frequency. Yeah. So we'd hear stuff. Yeah. You know, we'd be, we'd be anti-surveillance with them, you know, kind of watching them. I mean, look, you know, I'd, do a lot of stuff. I'll, get, I'll give you one instance, you know, uh, especially on meets with people, right? You know, even I'd, you know, I'd be very, very cagey, how I would think for obvious reasons. But, you know, I'd always call people to meet me pretty much, right? You know, I, I had a few places I used to go. One of them, there'd be like a tall flats there. <clears throat> you know, so if the meeting was at one, I'd be there at 12. Yeah. You know, I'd be up in the flats watching all the roads and everything, you know, just before, just before the, uh, you know, when I'd phone them up, I'd say, look, 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 I'm coming to you, mate. I'm just, I'm stuck in a bit of traffic here. Yeah. Right, I'm going to be there. Just watching everything, yeah. always looking for the trap, mm. always, you know, that kind of thing, mm. right? You know, because there'd been a lot of a lot of experiences. Mm. It was like that. So this was the kind of game. But were, you, on that, were you using as well? Yeah. If you're getting paranoid, using gear and getting paranoid, it's a double whammy. Yeah, Dodge, I was yeah. at that time. But it was, you know, for me, it was kind of the drinking and sometimes it would be that cocaine thing yeah. would come in. And then you had the parties with the E, so you'd be up for some of that. And it was party, party. Mm. <clears throat> so you was being affected by that. Mm. I mean, I've been clean now 17 years. Mm. I ain't had a drink 17 Good years. Feeling, don't smoke, don't do none of that mm. stuff. You know, so looking back, I'm in a mm. different world mm. of consciousness now where I am and discipline. But I can see the old self mm. and just how nuts that was, yeah. right? And where I was at that time, mm. right? But on that day, it was kind of crazy because I didn't see him. Mm. You know, I didn't see him. But, you know, we had this we had this counting house place where they used to put all the money from all the betting shops and all that stuff. You know, we'd looked at it a few times, right? Do you know what I mean? You know, and they used to collect all the money there, right? So it was worth worth looking at, right? But we looked, you know, to be honest, we looked at a few things that day, right? It just so happened, you know, we fell on that, you know, and we see an opportunity. But they had been on us, you know, all day for a mm. couple of days, knowing that we was, 
you know, they'd watch just and see we're getting ready, you know, teams getting, you know, together and all this stuff. You know, I had Cody's from Bermondsey across the water. You know what I mean? They was well known, well known family, mm. right? You know what I mean? So they know that certain people are getting together in their movements to say, right? You know, this is looking like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna hit something or move on something, yeah. right? I didn't see him. I honestly didn't see him, which is I just didn't see him. So you know, I kind of, you know, they said there was, you know, I just remember in armed police, right? You know, they said I fired a couple of shots, which was proved in the old Bailey dodge, I have to say, they went off accidentally, right? You know, and even so, I would never want to kill anyone or anything mm. like that. For me, it was about escaping, right? But I remember, you know, when I heard that, it just all goes in slow motion. And it was dark, because this was a Christmas time, and it was about four or five o'clock. So it was dark, right? You know, it was coming to a Christmassy kind of time, that time. And I remember running and zigzagging. You know, I mean, I thought I was going to die, right? Yeah. I thought that's going to be it, right? You know, and I had the gun and all, and I was, you know, I was getting rid of stuff. But I kept the gun, and I remember thinking, waiting for the shot to come. I kept, you know, zigzagging down the road, right? Trying to, trying to, trying to throw them off a uh, firing position, right? Didn't come, right? Didn't come, right? So, you know, I'd gone into the flats, but, you know, they ended up, they got me. There was helicopters there. There was, like, the whole bit. and But they actually fitted me up there but, you know and this came out in court after because it was the same people in all these flying squad but they moved all the stuff in me pockets and everything dodge mm. you know so they took one glove and they put it on the road right round where the shots was fired mm. the other glove they put in me pocket to link me right you know all 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 the cartridges and all the other stuff you know, it was everywhere, but they put another one in me pocket mm. so they searched me searched me searched me right this is a serious mm. incident and they searched me again. They took me Lehman Street, which is the high security police station. Mm. So they searched me again. And then three months later, when they'd done the forensics, they found a stocking, stocking mask in my pocket. Three months later. Yeah. So, you know, it was all... Do you reckon they were just together. there to get you to go, right, we've got to get him off the streets. He's a pain in the backside. Otherwise, you're going to carry on doing it and doing it and doing it. If they're setting you up like that, it's got to be, there's got to be a bigger picture for them. Look, this is part of it, Dodge. Yeah, Most yeah. of us know that. And yeah. kind of when you're in broad and that kind of thing, when I remember how it was, all that cat and mouse game, yeah. to them it's fair play. If they know you're you know, an active armed robber, serious, out there, live firearms, you know, and it takes a certain different level who's actually going to use them. Mm. They're robbers and there's robbers, there's divisions, lot of robbers, right? You know what I mean? You know, they see that obviously as, mm. you know, a major threat. So someone needs to be targeted you know, and taken off the board, right? Mm. By any means. You know, this is... this Because is, there was a time it came into law, didn't it? There was robberies happening everywhere around London. Everywhere, every bank, everything going on, bookies, da-da-da. When there was a law coming, said, right, the old Bill now can let fire onto the robbers. Something, something <laughs> happened where it slowed all the robberies right down. Look, I have to say, the truth of that one, Dodge, yeah. is a couple of my pals was actually killed by him there, right? One was on home leave... You know, they, they shot him through the... They thought he was going for a gun, but he weren't. He wasn't armed. You know, they shot him through the through the windscreen of the car, killed him. Another friend of mine was shot <clears throat> seven times. Seven times I lived, right? Another friend of mine was shot in the leg. You know, they didn't have guns on them. Yeah. This was where the fit-up thing yeah. was coming because they had this fit-up kit, which was gun, balaclava, all this. Yeah. You know, they found it in the thing, fit-up kits, they was calling it. 
you know, and I read all the paperwork after, and it was crazy, Dodge, because mm. they were saying, you know, when, when this police officer shot so-and-so in good faith, I thought, where can you shoot yeah. someone in good faith? Mm. You know, and then they didn't have a gun. Mm. So, of course, they had a problem, and this is where they was coming in. Planting. Planting, okay. right? And it was all in the paperwork. Yeah. And they all got, I'm telling you, they yeah. didn't get nicked, none of them. Mm. But there was there was kind of four or five of them who was the nucleus who was at it, really bent. You know, I tell you, they was doing crazy things. They were setting up robberies, for God's sake. Yeah. One of their main tricks was, you know, they had all the grasses who was giving them all the information. They was taking big, big portions of the money, of, of the reward money, right? And uh, that was their best trick, right? Well, the old bill was <coughs> taking backhanders of the reward money. Well, there, there was reward money, you know, given out for all this intelligence. Yeah. <clears throat> So, of course, they knew a lot, yeah. you know, and then the other people, they was working together, but they was even knocking, yeah. you know, the informant says, giving him like a pittance yeah. and, and taking the a big whack out of them. That's what they was <laughs> yeah, doing, I'm these sure. guys, right? I'm sure. What well, rough year are we talking here? We're talking, this is um, late 80s going into the 90s. And right? when did you get banged up? I got banged up 1991 yeah. going into 92. Yeah. Right? And what did you get actually banged up for 91, 92? Yeah, it was possession of a firearm, possession of a firearm with intent to endanger life, conspiracy to rob, all right? You know, there was a couple of couple of counts of that. You know, and your other charges, they put firearms without a licence and all that like mm. stuff. That was the... And what did when you were in court that day? What how many years did they give you? I remember because we had a trial, right? And the place, you know the place was place was filled, Dodge, and it was like it was really really contrived day it was. Where were you? Uh, the Bailey. Yeah. Okay. Again, right? Yeah. The Bailey, and it was a big thing because we'd screen fit up, and yeah. of course there was a lot of stuff going on with this, yeah. right? And it was crazy because the flying squad they was taking us to court, all tooled up and all that. And it was it was just stupid, because mm. like they'd be sitting there laughing, you know, and in a really kind of messed up way, they was a reflection of us. It was a stupid mm. game mm. of them. Oh, he's like, you know what I mean? Right, and all this, mm. this is what it was like. Just to, just to, just to give a window of how, of how crazy this is, how stupid it is, right? But they was you know really at it as well behind the scenes. So there was a lot of people in there with this, and we. Course, we said they're planted evidence and all this, so you can imagine what it was. But I got 69 years, right? You know, we got 69 years, but it was all concurrent, you know. And I don't remember sitting there dodging, it was just like, um, <clears throat> 12 years for this, and 11 years for that, and so much years for that. All I was listening for was the biggest number because I knew that was the one they're going to come off, you know, and the rest would be concurrent, you know. So I heard the 14 conspiracy to rob. And then they made the other three was the thing consec. So that was the 17. Wow. What was that feeling like when they said to you, right, you've got 17 years, Stephen? <sighs> Again, it's, it's, it's kind of surreal because it's so messed up because when I was in that Bailey going through that and it's a, it's a tough thing to go through mm. a trial like that, right? You know, with your life, you know, mm. your life really there, right? And the balance is... When I got it, it's like I always knew I was going to get a lump of bird like that or a sentence, you know. And I remember I looked at, you know, I looked at my code there, and I remember in kind of there was a bit of a 
on the thing. I mean, look, you know, we both felt it, but like, I remember that. And then we walked down, you know, and I shook his hand. You know, I said, well, you know, that's it then, right? You know what I mean? You know, we'll have to get on with it now. You know, and that was that was the start of it. I remember that, you know. And what was prison life like for you? Did you get into K A prisons? B, what was it? What was it like? What did they what did they put on you? Yeah, I was I was Cat A, right? You know, I was high risk at the start. Yeah, double A. So you know, I was in <clears throat> I was I was in Brixton in the unit there in the SSU, right? That's going to be brutal, Brixton, isn't it? <laughs> It was crazy when we was there, right? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was crazy, honest to God. Um, you know, you're up on the top up there and it's, you know, it's uh, a prisoner in a prison. You know, that was the start of it. Sterile area when you come out, all bomb-proof doors and it's, you know, the start of the KA thing, right? Because they were still building Belmarsh Unit then. That hadn't been built, otherwise we would have been there for, you know, higher risk, exceptional risk. But then it was, it was, it was there, you know, and then... You know, I got moved from there, and I remember, you know, I, they 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 put me in Wandsworth because they said that they had intelligence. I was trying to smuggle a gun in mm. to to escape, right? So you know, there was a big thing about it. even police was called in. They interviewed me the whole bit in the mm. prison, right? But you know, they said to them, "Look, you know, after after I got my you know my sentence, they said, look, you know, the security implications of taking this guy.'" You know, to court again over this and the sentence that he's got anyway, it doesn't make no sense to pursue this, right, mm. on what it is or whatever. So it was all left, right? That was the start of it. So, look, you know, I mean, not to say this this is their intelligence, what they was saying. You know, of course, these people are never always right, right? Of course, right? But when when you have that kind of exposure or your name or whatever comes up in that kind of a way at the start of a sentence, and obviously you're marked anyway, right? Mm. So, you know, I went to Parkhurst then uh, next, right, you know, in the Isle of Wight, yeah. which was one of the best places to be then. You know, all the all the, all, all the faces was there then, mm. all, the, all the names of today, all the proper people, right? You know, all of them, anyone yeah. that you can think about, right? You know, you're Eddie Richardson, I should play in Batman upstairs, and I can go on and on and on. Right? What about, did you ever come across Charlie Bronson? Yeah, I know Charlie very well. There's a lot about me and me and Charlie in the in the, in the the thingy, right? You know, I got, I got very, very, very close to Charlie because, you know, the truth is I've done my sentence quite, 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 quite badly. People cope in a different in a different way, uh, Dodge. I would never advise people to do it the way I, you know, done it. I mean, the truth is, look, you know, I have to say, I see them break a lot bigger, harder, stronger than me, mate, every day of the week. But there was just something in me, there was that little bit of me in there that I just wouldn't give it up. I think that was my sanity or my self-respect or that little bit mm. of my personality that was left that I thought if I give it up, I'm going to die. Mm. So I'm going to fight for it. So, you know, I've done a lot of solitary, you know, about four years. A lot of gang stuff in there still. You know, I see people killed in there in front of me. There's a lot of, a lot of, lot of violence in there. And, of course, you can't escape from in there. You just go round and round and round. So you have a beef in there. It might go on for 10 years. Yeah. And you keep going round because you're all cat A's together. You're all, you're all in it together. Mm. But, you know, you have your really good friends. You're really people. But, of course, you have other people you're not so friendly mm. with. So you'd go round and round in this system, and um, yeah, I was, you know, they classed me then as one of the one of the one of the most disruptive prisoners in the in the, in the system, 
you know, and they say all this. I mean, you know, these are just 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 labels, but they built Woodhill Close Supervision Centre in um, uh, Milton Keynes. Mm. You know, they built that in Marion. I remember. You know, they spent fifteen million on it or whatever. You know, it's another prison within a prison. Mm. Yeah, it was a crazy gaff. But when they when they selected Charlie Bronson to go there, he was seventh, and I was selected. You know, as number eight to go there after him. So you know, it just shows you, mm. like the times. What were you? What was? How would you explain you as a personality inside prison? Look, you know, I, you know, I knew all the guys, right? You know, and I was there. You know, you have to remember, there's a lot of guys, uh, Dodge, even now I see them, and they talk stuff and this and that, but they weren't there, mm. right? You know, they weren't there. You know, and it's crazy, right? But you know the thing that I say as well that's really funny about this criminal stuff or crime stuff or the prison stuff, what mm. it was or what it. You know, I'm in a place where you would say to yourself, "Who wants to be any of that stuff anyway?" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's not a life. Who wants to be the boss of anything? Who mm. wants to be living a life like that? It doesn't show that you're using the best of your abilities or your talents, does it? Mm. Let's be honest. Mm. So, you know, I don't glamorise this stuff or anything like that. Mm. You know, I certainly went through it. You know, I certainly walked a walk, all of that stuff, wore the T-shirt. You know, I was re released as a cat A as well. You know, I'd done 11 years, nine months. I was released as a cat A. They had observation on me from the gate. That's another story. But look, my experience is really, really easy, is that the people who are staunch to that life, they don't get anything, Dodge. Mm -hmm. Of course they don't. Mm. You know, their arch enemy number, mm. you know, they do everything to break you and wipe mm. your nose in it as they take mm. you apart. Mm. You know, there were certain people, certain big names or whatever you want to call them, you know, was having 10, 20 year runs on the street. You know, how is it possible? We know how a lot of it's possible because mm. a lot of them was in bed with the old bills, mm. just a game. Mm. So, you know, if that's the kind of life that we're talking about, it is what it is. It's the same all over the world, right? But, you know, the place that I'm in, is, you know, people say to me as well, they say, look, Steve, was you bad? Was you mad? All of this stuff. I say, you know, no, no, no. But yeah, you know, it would have been all of them things at some point. Of course, you have to own that, mm. right? And be accountable for your mm. actions. But I just had the courage. I had the timing, you know, I had the intervention. Uh, I had the circumstances. I had the opportunity and the support to find my way back to myself. Yeah. Right? That's a big difference because mm. that's meaningful change. You know, this stuff is many, many years behind me. And it's crazy because I've done so much work, Dodge, to get away from all of this. Yeah. And you've got the papers there. You know, they've got me down as number one, this. and But the papers do all this yeah, anyway. Yeah, of course, to sell papers, yeah. Then you've got idiots yeah. who say, oh, you know. And I think to myself, mate, you know, what are you talking about? Mm. You know, you wasn't even there. Mm. But the thing that really makes me laugh is, look, you know, you don't even get it yeah. because I've never glorified this life. Mm. You know, I paid my dues, you know, and 10 other mm. people's. I've done everything the hard way, right? Mm. You know, and um, I don't say that like, yeah. that life's glamorous. Mm. You know, I say, look at me now. You know, I'm the CEO of my own company. I have wonderful people in my life, you know, wonderful children, you know, I you know I've got the resilience code where I'm changing people's lives all over the world. Mm. I'm just about to start a you know a UK tour. I do a lot of 
Um, you know, I do a lot of uh, 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 media stuff. I do a lot of other stuff you're that helps lot, you're people. You're doing a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. And that's why we're on here today. Because we're not glorifying it all and whatever. My point, I want to just yeah. go back. There's a couple of things I picked up on there. You got a 17, but you did 11 years and seven months, did you say? Uh, nine months. 11 years, 11 years and nine and months. And nine months in Cat A. Yeah, Cat A. And released. Look, I'll tell you what. Why right? did you not go down from a Cat A to a B to C to D? Good question. Look, the premise is, if you're a Cat A, right in there, is that you go from A, B, C, D. D being open prison. Yeah. So it's about rehabilitation. <clears throat> so they get you ready, you know, to go back into society. You know, I didn't get none of that. Don't forget what I said, how we started. They're saying about guns in prisons mm. and all that. Then segregation, and you know, then all the fighting with the screws and then this, that and the other. You know, the associations they said that I had with people and what was going on and, you know, all the rest of it. You see, this is a, this is a, a real management plan of the high security prison system. And it's kind of like what they've done to Charlie, but in a different way. Is anyone they don't like or they will package you mm. in a way that <clears throat> they can lose you in the system. So you're fair game, mm. right? And they'll really try and destroy you as much as they can. There's no rehabilitation. It's about containment, security, and breaking you, right? So you comply. Yeah. Yes. This is a real big prison service word, compliance, right? But you couldn't have complied if you if you got a 17 thinking, I'm going to do eight and a half, but you end up doing 11 <clears throat> years, nine months. How many add-ons did you get? How many months extra and years extra? I didn't, I didn't get any add-ons as okay. such because I had to sentence anyway, yeah. right? And the thing was, was, was I was, this was the thing about it, Dodge, was I was under the old system, right? Mm. So... I can remember when I was meant to go home that day in Belmarsh, right? They kept me right up the Northern Circuit for five years just to break me because it'd make it hard. I'm right at the other end. All these tricks I used to do. So they take me down to Belmarsh. So for give the me an example. Northern Circuit? Well, the Northern Circuit would be Franklin, Durham, Leeds. You know, I was on that circuit for five years. Okay. Just to make it so hard for my family from the South to keep coming up. But look, you know, you know I had some wonderful people around me. I have to really respect you know, what we'd done together at that time, you know, and they was there for me, right? You know, and it was very important at that time that they was, you know, what I was going through. It's part of the journey, right, for mm. all of us, right? But um, so they bring me down to Belmarsh for the last couple of months. Nice. fact, classy, right? Do you know? <laughs> classy. <laughs> Not you. even, you know, if it had been two weeks, yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised, yeah. right? But, you know, they give me two months yeah. right at the end. But I tell you what, they've done this big contrived kind of kind of to do at the end, because I was still a cat A. They're thinking, no, oh, you know, no one wants to release a cat A mm. like this guy, right or whatever. Mm. But because I was under the old system, they couldn't do anything about it, and I didn't have a license either. So they thought we have to let this guy out. There's no monitoring. There's no because they changed the law mm. while I was in there, but I was under the old system, mm. so they couldn't do anything with me. I come under the old system. Mm. So I remember in that morning, you know, they called me up to the office. I was meant to go home. You know, they didn't come, uh, let me out. They called me up to the office, made a big show, award-winning performance, right? You know, there was uh, governors and pips and all that. You know, and it, bad cop, good cop, right, mm -hmm. Dodge? And one of them said, we've had a look, we've done a scan. And they said, this is what they said, right? We've done a scan of all the prison sentences, as we do. You know, don't forget, I've done 11 years, right, for them to do a scan, mm. right, you know, nine months. And 
three months ago, we've done a scan and we noticed that you didn't pay a fine, I don't know, whenever it was years ago, so you actually have another 60 days to do. Oh. I thought, <laughs> now it's a game, right? Oh. So anyway, when he says this, is another one there, he says, I'm not having this. This man has done his sentence. I'm going to go to Doc One, you know, in the home office. They're playing with me here, didn't they, right? And they're trying to, they're trying to keep me, keep me thingy, right? Mm. Keep me down, right? So I thought, no way. I thought these people, they've right at the end, they've done, they've done the last kick in the ribs, right? I thought it might come, right? So they mm. put me in the, you know, they put me back, but they kept me there all day, and then they come back at four o'clock and said, we've sorted it out. Get your kit, everything's done, you're going home. So they let me out with the courts when the courts was going home. But I found out later, Dodge, that the reason why they'd done that was because they was waiting for the observation for the surveillance outside to be ready. And it wasn't ready in the morning. You know, and I found out because uh, one, of my, one of my friends in there, Chrissy, Chrissy Pierman, mm. One of the screws said to him after I'd gone out, they said, Yeah, you know you you know your pal, Stevie Gillen, you know, when you he said they had all old Bill I'm out there for him the other day when he went. So it come out to me and I remember when I went out and I was picked up, you know, and I went back, you know, I felt them same crazy feelings again. Following again. Again. Yeah. I thought, no way. Mm. You know, all that period of my life was gone. You know, and it was like going out one door into mm. another. But I found out that because I wasn't, because I was still KA, because I wasn't on a license and they had no, they wanted to know where I was going and they'd heard I was going to fly out of the country. Yeah. So that was the thing. Mm. They wanted, you know, they wanted to know where I was at and where I was going mm. and all that so stuff. So Charlie Bronson's been banged up for 50 years. Do you think he should be released now? He should, Dodge. Absolutely. Look. Is Charlie Bronson the most dangerous prisoner in the system? Of course he's not. I've seen little skinny guys like that really damaged. They run up behind you, stab you in the back and run. You know, or in the neck and run. How dangerous is that? Mm. It's a lot more dangerous than what Charlie is, I'm mm. telling you. Mm. There's a lot of dangerous people in the system, right? You know, and you learn in them kind of environments, size, all this thing. You know, it's nothing to do with it, right? You know, there are different forces at play, right? Charlie has positioned himself. He's an handful, of course, and all the rest of it. But he's 70 now, right? You know, and he's still in the cages. He's still a cat A. I went through all of that stuff. So, you know, I can speak from expert experience, right? The guy's been given no chance, no, no chance of, you know, rehabilitation or anything. It's their trick. And they've railroaded him right down the line. Mm. So, you know, uh, it doesn't say a lot for justice, though, Dodge. Yeah. This is the problem. I'm not even talking about Charlie, right? I mean, you know, you know, and I've been on a lot of big platforms and they all ask me about this. Mm. You know, and I say, look, you know, there's a lot of other things at play here because if you're gonna say we're the law and you have to pay for a crime in the judicial system that what you've done, then the other side of that is that when you go back into like society, yeah. you need a fair chance, and so does society when you're re-entering it. Mm. So you can't have your cake and not mm. eat it, you know. But this is what this is this is what they're doing. So it's double standards, and it gives out a really, really bad, really bad message. Do you think that if he got let out, he'd become a hero, and then <laughs> and then the government and the police and everyone wouldn't want to see that? Look, that's part of it. Obviously, yeah. he's you know he's got this kind of media brand and all this stuff that they've branded him with so he'd be like this performer absolutely of course they don't want that but look you know if you take all that stuff away right the hype they haven't give Charlie 
a chance, the opportunity. To, I think he should engage, be let out. Mate. I think he should be let out. He's it seventy years old. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He just wants that last bit of freedom. He ain't gonna go and do anything stupid now. If anything, he'd probably probably be nice and calm and relaxed because he's enjoying the freedom. But there's a massive argument, both sides, isn't there? Look, the other part I'll say on Charlie, because it's worth mentioning this about Charlie, right? Yep. Just, to, just to cut the fluff in it. Mm. Everyone talks all the bad stuff and they're great at throwing stones, aren't they, Dodge, yep. right? But not none of them are really are in a position a to stuff. even know what they're talking mm. about. He does a lot for charity. You know, 70, uh, 70 years of age, even all them psychologists are saying that at that age, all the risk diminishes totally yeah. at that age. So if you want to you know, go by their standard as well, or he's mm. got that. Does a lot for charity. He's a really good artist. He wouldn't have to get himself in any more trouble, would yeah, he? Yeah. You know, it'd be all right to get by with a few pounds, right? Yeah. Might be a bit of a media circus mm. for a while, but that's going to change as that'll well. That'll calm down after It'll a while. It'll calm down after a while, wouldn't it, you know? I think I think they should release him. I do too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> What's your, what are your thoughts? What, have, you had any, have you come across Pat Tate, Tony Tucker and Craig Rolfe at all? I knew... <laughs> I knew Pat quite well. I knew Tucker, right? I even knew I even knew Jasper, right? I knew ja Mickey Steele. Jasper's the one who kind of uh, bullied Jasper. He come in after, right? Who was, you know, he kind of, you know, you had the people who come in. He was saying that it didn't, you know, happen with that grass who grass them all up, Mickey Steele and all the rest of it. You know, it happened a different way. I knew Jasper. Jasper was around in the old days with us. I mean, he was shot in the night and everything, uh, Jasper, Billy Jasper, in the old days. You know, the last time I see him, I was in Brixton with him, uh, Billy Jasper. But, you know, there's a lot about that case. You know, I mean, I was on uh, Essex Murders, like the Sky, you know, the Sky series. You're on that documentary. I am, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. There's a lot about that case, you know, which hasn't been told and can't really be told in a way because there's some people involved in it who have passed now, who was involved in other ways, but who was kind of really put up for being for being involved in that. But look, at the end of the day, right, Dodge, I'm not going to go into it. Be Look, I've always played by the rules of that life and believe you me, I know a lot, mm. obviously, I know a lot, but I let sleeping dogs lie, mate. Yeah. Of course I will. You know, it's not my business anyway. I let sleeping dogs lie, right? Mm. I've always talked about myself or my ch or what we're doing or where it's been appropriate. Mm. I don't need to, you know, I didn't do all them years what I've done to suffer like that mm. to be something that I'm not, mm. right? So it is what it is, mm. right? You know, it is what it is. There's a lot of people for and against, but, you know, I knew all them people involved in it. Mm. It's funny, isn't it? It's been going on for 30-odd years now and there's no answer, full-on answer. People saying they know, they don't know. Mm. Do you know? All I can say is that, you know, as I said, you know, I know a lot of stuff and we hear a lot of stuff. Most of this stuff, I have to say, is bang on the button, Right within the circles that I was, some of it's not, of course, it's a bit window dressed or a bit spun. So uh, that's what I can say. Mm. Are there any names that spring to mind in the prison system over the years you've gone, fuck it, he's one of the hardest and toughest men I've ever come across? <sighs> there's been a few, there's been a, yeah, there's been a few, there's been a few, you know. Uh, there's different kinds of toughness, Dodge, and there's different kinds of kinds of hardness, mm. you know, as you know. Physical toughness, mm. absolutely, right? Do you know what I mean? You know, that gameness, that courage, yeah. that warrior thing, 
Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I've learned, right, you know, especially, look, you know, there's two kinds of violent, violent people. Generally, you know, and this, you know, concerns a lot of the real, you know, the real hard people mm. I've ever met. They don't necessarily like violence. Mm. They see it as a tool, mm. but they'll use it if they have to or definitely if they're cornered, right? Yeah. That goes for a good 80-plus percent of people. Yeah. But then you have a smaller bit that are not too well in a sense, and they thrive off it. Mm. You know, they get a buzz off it. It's like a drug. Mm. So that's the two different kinds of, like, violent people, mm. how they use, how they use violence. But, you know, I mean, I, I come from the former. Mm. It was a tool. Mm. Didn't really like violence, but I'd use it, mm. you know, and I'd use whatever level of violence. At a certain time, I mm. felt I needed to. You know, a lot of it was about protection or survival, you know, pretty much, mm. right? But you know, I've learned. I've learned in 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 later years, certainly, you know, where I am now. That of the four strengths, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, physical is the lowest one. Yeah. When you're really there, you know, as a human being, right? You know, where you can create yeah. wonderful things, move wonderful things. I'm talking about big things in the world. Mm. Then it's emotional, mental, and certainly spiritual. spiritual absolutely. Which are the keys yeah. to the real depth yeah. of courage, mm. toughness, mm. resilience. Mm. Uh, so you did 11 years, nine months in the cat A, which I couldn't think of anything worse personally, Steve, but you you done it. You've moved on in life. You're a different person you are today. Tell me what your world looks like today. Because I'm seeing you everywhere. I'm seeing you in books. I'm seeing you in movies. I'm seeing documentaries. I'm seeing you do your own business, live shows. Tell me exactly what you're up to. Yeah, I mean, I can remember. First thing, I'll go back a little bit just mm. to just, you know, so people can get an idea of, of, of the real kind of change here in the moment. I can remember two years before I come out of the, of the of the big sentence, I was still in William Unit, right? And um, I uh, Millennium Night, I remember. When everyone was out, you know, it's big Millennium Night, right? You can only imagine everyone having a good time. I can remember I made a you know decision. I was on my knees in that dark cell as it went into the millennium, you know, and I you know, I said my little prayer, right? You know, to the higher power, the big man, whatever you want to call it up there. And I said, look, you know, I realised I had to, you know, I was destroying myself. I had to sort it out, right, you know, and I wanted to change everything and it was going to change and that was going to be it and I was going to go out there and I was going to be the best that I can be. I remember doing that because it was a moment. You know, of course, I would have never, you know, thought I'd be anywhere now doing... Mm. But, you know, I always say dodge... Uh, to people, life doesn't give us what we want. It gives us what we become. Mm. And it really does, yep. right? You know, so it doesn't matter that we fall down a bit or we have a hard time or we make some bad choices. You know, we are uh, limitless possibilities mm. as human beings. And we can change it in a moment. We really can mm. in the field. You know, how do we want to do that? Mm. What do we want to set up the next hour, the next day, the next week, the mm. next... That was, you know, come out, it was a big start of a journey for me. So, you know, I went out, of course, I, you know, I transformed my life, right? You know, I started with nothing. You know, I had to change everything, you know? You know, I see someone, I remember, right, you know, and they said to me, you know, he was like a kind of an early, early mentor. He said, Steve, you only need to change one thing. I said to him, what's that? He said, everything. 
<laughs> it's in everything. I'll never forget it. It's yeah, so clever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had an intellectual yeah. understanding of what, yeah. of, you know, what he meant in Dodge, but mm. I didn't get it in the deeper yeah. levels where I needed to. Now, mm. of course, I do. Mm. Of course, he was right. But that was that was the journey. So now I, you know, I, um, I've got my own company, uh, co-founder of Raw Media Creative Studios. We build a lot of global global brands here. We're also very big in film, TV, book to film, you know, all that stuff. We're international, you know, privileged to work with some amazing people, you know, around the world. Very, very creative. Of course, we work very hard at that. We continue to work very, mm. very hard at that. Part of it, of course, is is getting the right people into my life. But you do that when you change from the inside out. It's mm. an inside job, right? You know, and you have to keep going, and um, so you know, I've, I've, you know, I've had a few businesses. We build businesses. I've done a lot of the stuff that I didn't do in my younger days. You know, I got a business degree. You know, I finished third at the, you know, the top of the, mm. you know, the people who was doing that. Mm. You know, you know, I went there because I always thought, wow, you know, if life had been different, you know, I wanted to check if I was thick mm. or not. Mm. Now, of course, I wasn't. I was mm. all right. I'd done really mm. well, right? <laughs> Seriously, yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. as easy as that. Especially if you've got a degree, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all this stuff was about getting the good stuff into me, Dodge, getting the health into me and moving the darkness. Mm. You know, I use work as a, a massive tool like to focus on. You know, of course, I've been, you know, I've been clean now many years, mm. all these years as well. So, um uh, you know, I've done a lot of good work to uh, save a lot of lives there as well. Uh, some of the exclusive stuff, I've just got a two-book uh, two deal. Mm. So the Monkey Puzzle Tree, which, you know, uh, was optioned to be a film, of course, in LA, they're actually making that into, into a trilogy now. But with the writer's strike over there, you know, in LA, we work mm. a lot with them. There's also, you know, it's a big project. And it's, you know, we've had COVID, we've had all kinds of yeah. things. But we're there with that, right? And... um so there's a you know a book deal now that's you know that's coming so that's going to be you know released as a second edition mm. now with you know I'm going to write a bit more in the monkey puzzle mm. tree because more more's happened mm. and then I've got another book which is coming out which is called the nine steps of transformation mm. which I'm you know I'm really really proud of I have to say because you know I've been forged for this dodge mm. and it's a book in the same kind of vein of 48 laws of power mm. robert green powerful this kind of yeah. Because it took me a long time to get to be the person with the expertise mm. and the skill set and the right time mm. where I can do that justice, mm. right? But, you know, we're there now with that. And, um, yeah, um, I'm just about to start a UK tour now. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's really good. It's called uh, Stephen Gillen, Ready to Talk. You know, we've got a wonderful promoter there, uh, Stargaze Entertainment. You know, of course, they've done a lot of people. They've done Mar Michael Francis, who was part of that yeah, tour, and he just yeah. done it. A lot of other celebrities there. Yeah. David, I can go on and on and yeah, on with yeah, the kind yeah. of names in there that we... But, you know, they're wonderful guys as well. So the first um, first event is September 2nd. Kingston. Uh, Kingston, uh, London. Yeah. Um, Tickets are selling fast yeah. for that, they really are. But that's about giving a lot of value, right? You know, we've got something really, really, you know, mm. we've got a wonderful model mm. there now for, you know, for people where we can engage with them. Mm. So there's all the there's all the notorious stuff, there's all the dark stuff, they want there. But there's a real lot of the gems and the transformational stuff there as well, you know. Good for you. 
Stephen, I've really, really enjoyed this. I really thank you for your honesty. Oh, thank you. And there's a lot of stories in there, and we'll probably end up doing a part two at some point. <laughs> well, look, Dodge, you were right. You know, I've always loved what you do. You know, you're quite a, quite a guy yourself. You know, it's wonderful to be invited down to your, you know, your wonderful place here. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to come and do this, because there's no fluff. We're mm. straight down to it, me and you, yep. up and down. We can sit down, two guys... You know, have a good have a good chat about things yeah. and uh, no hidden corners. Yeah. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you. You're a gentleman. Good man, Steve. Good man. Good luck to you. Cheers, oh, thank mate. You. Cheers, mate. <laughs>